BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. If you travel, you know when it comes to love. See you soon. Can't wait. The sky is no limit. You know with your Delta Amex card, being oceans apart means meeting in Aruba. And booking a war travel with your card means saving 15% on Delta flights. You know kissing under the bridge of size guarantees eternal love. Because you're the long-distance lovebirds. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Takeoff 15, discount not applicable to partner-operated flights or taxes and fees. Terms apply. Visit go.amex slash you know. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your Miami Dolphins, part of the Believe Network, brought to you by betonline.ag. I am Sam Marcoux, and the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer is not joining us here today, ladies and gentlemen, but that's all right. You've got me, little old me, talking all things Miami Dolphins. We have the 53-man initial roster. We've made some changes since then. We've got Joe Montana, possibly the GOAT, telling everybody that Tom Brady is not the GOAT or the boat, but yet Dan Marino is. And of course, the trade that wasn't Jonathan Taylor stays with the Indianapolis Colts does not come to the Miami Dolphins, but we may be A-OK with that given what the reported demands were for Jonathan Taylor's services for the Miami Dolphins. But let's get into it. And by into it, I mean, of course, the obligatory ad read. That's because Bet Online, who sponsors this show and all of the Believe Network, is still your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchups reports for baseball, boxing, golf, football, and more. Bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. That's right, just your device, just like this. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remind, remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And a lot of people bet on who the Miami Dolphins would be, have on their roster when they announced the initial cuts and who the 53 men would be playing football for the Miami Dolphins, at least to start the season. And a lot of people had Jonathan Taylor as being a part of that list. That did not come to fruition as the Miami Dolphins and Indianapolis Colts could not come to a resolution in terms of trade assets to get Jonathan Taylor to the Miami Dolphins. When the deadline came and went, ladies and gentlemen, Jonathan Taylor ended up on the pup, physically unable to play list. He is not able to play, regardless of who he was playing for, for the first four weeks of the season. 
Uh, not sure if he's actually hurt for those four, first four weeks. I know he had some ankle issues or if this is somewhat bitter and spiteful by the owner, Jim Ursay of the Indianapolis Colts. But regardless, he is not a Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins made some, according to Chris Greer, cursory exploratory talks with the Colts, but never got anywhere near having any sort of trade in place. It does sound like maybe the Miami Dolphins uh, were able and willing to make Jonathan Taylor, a highly paid running back and utilize him as such for the Miami Dolphins, if you believe some of the rumors that are out there, but uh, could not agree on trade compensation, which is very curious when you think about it, because Jim Ursay, the owner of the Indianapolis Colts, came out and basically said running backs are worthless and they're not worth uh, spending a lot of money on. Yet when his star running back is given permission to seek a trade, he's asking for the moon in return. It cannot be both, Mr. Ursay. You either have to shit or get off the pot, as they say. He's either worthless and you can get rid of him and replace him with anyone, or he is valuable and therefore you need to pay him as such and treat him as the valuable asset that you are acting like he is, but not saying that he is. But uh, reports are that the Indianapolis Colts asked for some combination of at least a second round draft pick and either Jalen Waddell, star wide receiver for the Miami Dolphins, Robert Hunt, star offensive guard for the Miami Dolphins, or uh, I believe the last one was um, Christian Wilkins, who is having his own contract dispute with the Miami Dolphins as it is right now. But uh, Indianapolis Colts may be pricing themselves out of the Jonathan Taylor trade market, um, but that lends itself to maybe they never really wanted to trade him in the first place. I think they were going to call everyone's bluff and say, if you give us all these things, then you can have them. Uh, but there was no way in hell the Miami Dolphins were ever going to entertain any of those three people, Christian Wilkins, Jalen Waddle, or Robert Hunt being traded along with draft picks to the Indianapolis Colts for Jonathan Taylor. First of all, if you take Robert Hunt off this offensive line, Jonathan Taylor has even less uh, of, of a guard presence in front of him, quite literally, to run behind. So that wouldn't make much sense. If you take Jalen Waddle off this offense, you now have one less weapon and a major one at that for Tua Tungavailoa to keep defenses honest between Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, and in theory, Jonathan Taylor. And of course, Christian Wilkins is a menace who is under contract for this season. And really, the, uh, the defensive line can't operate or function currently without him. Uh, so none of those were ever going to be traded to the Indianapolis Colts, which is why I tend to believe Chris Greer's story that we never got anywhere close to consummating a deal here. We may have had interest. I'm sure we did. In fact, I know we did. We may have been willing to pay Jonathan Taylor what he needed and feels that he deserves to be paid, but it wasn't going to happen, at least not at this uh, sort of artificial deadline. Now, the trade deadline has not passed. That goes on well into the season. It is very possible that these two teams or another team will engage the Indianapolis Colts and try to get Jonathan Taylor once he is back and healthy after four weeks. But for now, the Miami Dolphins are out on Jonathan Taylor. They're out, of course, on Delvin Cook, who signed with the Jets. They kicked the tires on Josh Jacobs before he went back to the Raiders. They're riding with who they have. And who they have right now are Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson Jr., who's on the IR. We'll talk about that in just a second. Uh, rookies, Devon Achain, as well as Chris Brooks. But not to be outdone, please don't forget Alec Ingold, the fullback, the newly signed and extended three years up to $17 million, million dollar man, not $17, $17 million man, Alec Ingold. So those are your running backs for the Miami Dolphins to start the season. We'll just get into it right now. Let's go ahead and start with the offense and ta start talking about what the roster looks like for the Miami Dolphins in 2023, at least to start 
the season. Most likely, the majority of these folks will be on the field or suited up for the Miami Dolphins as they go into Los Angeles to play the Chargers on September 10th. So let's just get into it. Let's start. Where should we start? I don't know. Let's start with the QBs. Much to no one's surprise, the quarterbacks are Tua Tungabailoa, your starting quarterback. He will not come off the field while the offense is on the field unless there is some sort of injury, which we're hoping will not happen. Skylar Thompson, as well as Mike White, who is running back or who is QB2 and who is QB3? Well, uh, I believe Mike White was signed to be QB2, but he did have a concussion in preseason. Skylar Thompson got a lot of run, did not look very good in preseason, in my opinion, most likely QB3. But Skylar Thompson does have game day experience, including playoff game day experience in this offense with Mike McDaniel. It is possible that he becomes QB2 before too long, especially if Mike White isn't able to recover in time, which I think he will. Uh, but those are your three quarterbacks. No surprises. These guys were here at the beginning of camp. We had Skylar into it last year. We signed Mike White during the very beginning of free agency. This was always the plan. Uh, nothing uh, shook us from this plan. The key for this really, really the everything, really. But for the quarterbacks for the Miami Dolphins in particular, the key here is Tua Tungabailoa remaining healthy. That means keeping himself upright when he can. That means getting rid of the ball instead of trying to extend plays. That means sliding instead of diving if he's on a rush. And that means learning how to fall and uh, showing that Tua Jitsu that we saw in preseason a few times come into play so he's not hitting his head on the turf like we saw last year many, many times. Um, but if Tua Tungabailoa can stay healthy, it really doesn't matter who is QB2 and who is QB3 at this point because Tua Tungabailoa will not come off the field, not with the weapons that he has and not with the talent that he possesses in that left arm of God, as some people like to say. Uh, so those are your quarterbacks, positions one, two, and three. Tua, Skyler, Mike White. Let's move back to the running back room slash tailback room slash halfback room slash whatever you want to call it. But your running backs, as we talked about earlier, uh, do not have Dalvin Cook. The running backs do not have uh, Jonathan Taylor. They don't have Joshua Jacobs or anybody like that. Who they do have are uh, the returning starter from last year, Raheem Mostert. He looks to be RB1 as of right now. Some people might be disappointed in that. I am not. Yes, he's 31. Yes, he's super fast. Yes, he has an injury history. Yes, he runs tough. Last year, almost 900 yards rushing with a couple extra 100 in uh, the receiving game as well. So close to 1,100 yards from uh, all-purpose yards from the line of scrimmage, um, that's pretty damn good, ladies and gentlemen, especially for somebody who was splitting carries, especially for somebody who uh, has a history of being dinged up from time to time. Um, I'll take Raheem Mostert at the bargain uh, basement price that he's at as a, a big contributor on this offense as the running back uh, any day of the week and twice on Sunday. So Raheem Mostert becomes your running back one. Jeff Wilson, who we traded for last year with the San Francisco 49ers, is out for the first four weeks, as I alluded to at the beginning of this podcast. He has rib injuries. He's got a pinky injury. Uh, every time a Miami Dolphins fan hears about uh, an offensive weapon having a finger injury, I think we have a little bit of PTSD, thanks to Will Fuller. Um, but it does look and sound like, according to his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, that uh, once the four weeks is up and he's eligible to come off of IR, Jeff Wilson Jr. should be ready to go for the Miami Dolphins, which gives you yet another added tough runner who's been in this offense, who knows Mike McDaniel and understands what he's supposed to do in between the tackles as well as in uh, pass protection. So Jeff Wilson is going to sit down for the first four weeks, but uh, that means there are some other players that are going to have to step up, and mainly Suvon Ahmed, who had a wonderful camp and a really, 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 really well 
uh, played preseason. He makes this team. He's not 100% healthy, but he should be ready to go against the Los Angeles Chargers. Suvon Ahmed will be part of that. You can make a debate whether he's RB3 or if it's rookie Devon Achain. Also hurt with a shoulder injury week to week. Looks like he should be suited up and ready to go come week one. And then, of course, the uh, the Wonderkin, the rookie out of BYU, who uh, everybody was praising, and he just kept living up to that praise. The preseason wonder, Chris Brooks, the big brawler, 6-1, running between the tackles, knocking people down, making a name for himself, getting himself onto this roster. Uh, those are your running backs, ladies and gentlemen. You've got Devonna Chain, rookie, Suvan Ahmed, sticking around for another season. Chris Brooks, undrafted free agent rookie. Raheem Mostert, been there, done that before. We know what we're getting him. And, of course, the injured Jeff Wilson starting the year on injured reserve. And uh, I should point out your fullback, who's part of that running back room, is Alec Ingold, as we talked about, just got himself a three-year extension for worth up to $17 million. He is the highest-paid fullback in the league. He's also the highest-paid running back on this team outdoing Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, Devonta Chain, and everybody else. So congratulations to Alec Ingold. He brings a lot in the blocking game, brings a lot in the passing game. I think we're just scratching the surface as to what we can see and potentially witness when it comes to Alec Ingold in this offense. Yet another weapon for Tua Tungabailoa out of the backfield to check down to, to help protect his blind side if need be in terms of blocking. Uh, really, really looking forward to seeing what Alec Ingold, a motivated Alec Ingold, a paid Alec Ingold, is going to do in this offense here in year two with the Miami Dolphins. But there you have it. You've got your running backs. You've got your wide receivers. Now, again, much like Tua Tungavailoa needs to stay healthy, especially early in this season, we need Raheem Mostert at his very best. He needs to be healthy. He needs to be alert. He needs to be a mentor to a couple of these young rookies, Devon Chain and Chris Brooks. Now, both of those guys have very different games. They have uh, different roles and responsibilities when they're on the field in this offense. But Raheem Mostert has to be that veteran, in my opinion, and help coach them up as to what to do and what not to do, given their specific roles within this offense. Because as the season goes on, and as Jeff Wilson comes back, I am envisioning that Devonna Chain in particular, but also Chris Brooks, will have a much bigger role in this offense than they do at the beginning. And that's partially going to be because Raheem Mostert is going to be coaching them up because they're going to be more comfortable in this offense and uh, the weapons that they possess, the skills individually that they have will allow us to, to, to capitalize on mismatches, whether it's speed with Devonna Chain or if we've got smaller linebackers where we can get Chris Brooks up the gut and uh, short yarded situations, whatever the case may be. But that can only happen if they are ready to go. And I think part of that is going to be uh, on Raheem Mostert to be that leader in the locker room, the leader in that running backs room, along with Alec Ingold to make sure that they are doing the right things at the right time so that we can capitalize on that. Now, moving on to the other sexy positions, we've got wide receiver. Now, a couple of cuts, nothing that terribly surprised me, but we did keep six wide receivers that's not too weird or outlandish anymore. I think in the past it was five wide receivers was the typical amount. Um, we are seeing more and more teams carry six. Some are carrying four. Uh, some are carrying three. It really depends on the team, but it seems like the Miami Dolphins have gotten in the habit of using six wide receivers uh, in terms of roster spots. And uh, let's just run it down, shall we? So Tyreek Hill, no surprise there. Also, no suspension there. Uh, he's ready to go week one. You've got 
uh, Jalen Waddle, like we talked about, rumored to possibly be attached to anything that the Indianapolis Colts are going to ask for in order to get Jonathan Taylor to the Miami Dolphins. That's not going to happen. He will be ready week one. He's had some rib issues, but really resting, rehabbing. He will be ready week one along with Tyreek Hill. So there's your wide receiver one and wide receiver one A, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. Then it gets a little bit uh, interesting here because uh, Braxton Berrios, agent zero, most likely your wide receiver three. That's not too much of a surprise. I think there was a healthy competition there, uh, but there were a lot of rumors swirling around a Cedric Wilson Jr. As an example, he was signed last year, wasn't utilized fully. Um, he reworks his deal, saves the Miami Dolphins a bunch of money. He's still here in Miami. I expect Cedric Wilson Jr. to be kind of wide receiver three slash wide receiver four in this offense. I think we're going to see him more this season than we did last. And then the last two wide receivers on the list, River Craycraft, uh, holdover from last year. And of course, the rookie last year, hopefully doing big things here at a Texas Tech, Eric Azukanma. Those are your six wide receivers, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell. Braxton Berrios, Cedric Wilson, Eric Azukanma, River Craycraft, not exactly in that order. Now, the big name that you did not hear there that I think uh, may have raised a couple of eyebrows is Robbie Chosen or Chosen Anderson or Robbie Anderson, depending on when you were introduced to football, uh, might give you an indication as to what name you identify him with. But uh, the man with the hair is no longer employed because uh, Robbie Chosen was kept by the Miami Dolphins, didn't show a ton of in preseason, didn't show a ton in the um, uh, training camp or the offseason. Um, and I'm going to take partial blame for this. I talked about this in the uh, okayest fantasy league ever chat, but uh, Chris, Chris Collin and myself are partially responsible for why Robbie Chosen is no longer here for the Miami Dolphins. And that's because we have something called the Perfectville Curse. Now, the Perfectville Curse works both ways. If I praise a player and I tell them that they are doing a wonderful job, it's inevitable that the next game or the next series of events will be negative. They'll get hurt. They'll fumble. They'll throw an interception, whatever the case may be. Now, the flip side of that, if I trash somebody, if I give them the Dallas Thomas Award or the Jakeem Grant Award, they typically come out that next game and ball the F out. Now, I haven't trashed Robbie Chosen, and I also haven't praised Robbie Chosen. So how is the perfect build curse applied? Well, I'll tell you. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was in contact with somebody who represents Robbie Chosen, and we were getting ready to have him on as a guest on this very show that you're talking to or listening to right now. Chris Cohen was aware of it. I was aware of it. We scheduled it, and it was going to be after a practice so that we could talk to Robbie Chosen in the flesh right after a practice with the Miami Dolphins, talk about everything that he's doing, talking about coming back to the Miami Dolphins, how he chose to come to the Miami Dolphins, and everything that he loved about Miami and all the other fluffy stuff that you do when you talk to current day players. Uh, as it turned out last minute, we get notified that uh, Robbie Chosen will not be able to join us and that uh, they were terribly sorry that we would reschedule a little bit further down the road and uh, they wished us well, all that fun stuff. Well, I chose, pun intended, to uh, not reschedule that interview and instead work on other projects. And uh, I believe Robbie Chosen's adjacentness to this show. Uh, the rub that we provided Robbie Chosen is partially why he was cut by the Miami Dolphins, ladies and gentlemen, because he was associated on some level through his agencies to the Perfectville podcast. I believe that on some level, the Perfectville curse has stricken and struck once again. And in this time, it hit Robbie Chosen. So, number three, we barely knew ye. My apologies. 
good luck in your future endeavors unless you go to another AFC East team, then I really hope the Purpleville curse continues a pox on your head. But there you have it, a little peek behind the curtain when it came to current and now former players for the Miami Dolphins almost being on the show, but last minute pulling out and no Perfectville baby was made. But speaking of things that were made, Julian Hill made the team for the Miami Dolphins. Let's move over to the tight ends. That's because we only had two, two tight ends make the team at the initial 53-man roster. Durham Smythe, our starter, almost by default because everyone else was cut, and an unknown named Julian Hill who uh, walked on, essentially, and became tight end two for the Miami Dolphins. What a story for this young man. Uh, first player from his college to ever make an NFL roster, uh, beating out veterans, beating out people that we had signed to play tight end for the Miami Dolphins this season. Uh, nobody else made the initial roster. Now, Tyler Croft is now on the roster making three tight ends. He did go to practice, even though he was going to be cut. We have a little bit of roster gymnastics there. We needed to cut him in order to have somebody else on the roster that and then we could place on IR and bring Tyler Croft back. But for all intents and purposes, the three tight ends that we are starting the season with, Durham Smythe as your starter, Julian Hill as a tight end two, and of course, Tyler Croft, tight end number three, squeaking in, being re-signed after his initial cut. So those are your three tight ends. So we have three quarterbacks, three tight ends, six wide receivers, four running backs, and a fullback, which leads us to our tackles and our guards. Let's start with the tackles. I think officially we have, what, four? If I'm not mistaken, four tackles. We have Isaiah Wynn, who's probably going to play guard. But you have uh, Keon Smith, Kendall Lamb, Ron Armstead, and of course, I guess I should say uh, we have five, right? Because we have, well, let me just look at it this way. This would be much easier for you to do. Austin Jackson, Teron Armstead, who will be healthy, at least hopefully healthy enough to suit up week one. And then you've got Keon Smith, Kendall Lamb, and Isaiah Wynn, who, again, I think is going to play guard in this in this, uh, in this this offense here this year. He seems to have won, in my opinion, uh, the confidence of everything there. You've got your center, Connor Williams, who right now is really the only true center that we have, and he's only a true center because we made him a true center last year. We all know the the issues when it comes to Connor Williams. He's looking for more money, and uh, Tua Tungabailoa is looking for the ball to be somewhere other than above his head. So Connor Williams has got to get his high snaps under control, and uh, once that happens, I think the Miami Dolphins will be more than happy, willing, and able to go ahead and give him a contract extension because everything else Connor Williams does at the center position is great other than snap the ball to Tua Tungavailoa. Uh, Robert Hunt is your starting right guard. And then, of course, some of the backups that you have, Liam Eichenberg played himself off in the starting lineup, probably your primary center uh, behind Connor Williams. So I could see him getting more snaps in practice this week leading up to the Chargers as your backup center, just in case anything were to happen uh, to Connor Williams. But uh, Liam Eichenberg, no longer in the starting lineup from everything that we can tell. Looks like he will be on the bench until we need his services, uh, which will hopefully be uh, few and far between if I am being fully uh, transparent and honest with my assessment of Liam Eichenberg, which is such a disappointment too, because he looked so good as a tackle out of Notre Dame. And it just doesn't seem like we have any real um, desire 
I'll say, to play him at tackle, left or right. It seems like we're forcing him inside, and he just doesn't seem to have the skill set to do it. But uh, I don't make that decision, so I'm going to move on from there. And, of course, Lester Cotton, which uh, sounds like a name of a nerd and a dork, but uh, Lester Cotton is what? Uh, He's six foot four. 300 some odd pounds, 330 pounds from uh, the official website. So I'm not going to pick on Lester Cotton and his dorky, stupid name. Uh, I just hope that he, uh, when he's called on to perform, performs the way he showed in preseason because he also looked like a guy who's going to be a good depth piece for the Miami Dolphins. All in all, I have to say, I think the Miami Dolphins offensive line starting this year is better than what we saw last year. And of course, the year before that, um, it's all going to be contingent on two things. As far as I can tell health, as always, is Teron Armstead going to be out there? If Teron Armstead is out there, we got a fighting chance at every single game. He's that good. He brings the level overall up uh, way higher than if he's not on there. And also, um, Connor Williams. Is Connor Williams going to be able to keep his snap troubles in the preseason and uh, snap it clean come the uh, come the regular season? And then, of course, a, a third one to that, the guard play. Um, But I do think we have good depth there. We have some pieces that we can move in and out depending on injury, depending on performance. I feel better about the left guard and right tackle play now than I did this time last season. Um, So credit to Austin Jackson, who's played much better. Credit to uh, Isaiah Wynn and some of the other folks that uh, are playing on the interior there. Uh, Let's just hope that that continues as we head into the season. And uh, let's see. So we went offensive line. We went quarterback. We went halfback, running back, fullback, wide receiver tight end. I think we got everybody on offense. I guess what I should do um, now that we've gone through the offense is uh, maybe talk about special teams a little bit. So we have Jason Sanders. King Sanders is back. And of course, Jake Bailey, former punter for the New England Patriots, injured last year, but prior to that was very damn good. Um, He is going to be our punter this season. And of course, Blake Ferguson of the Ferguson brothers. His brother's a long snapper for the Buffalo Bills. He's our long snapper, I think, for year three, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's back as our long snapper extraordinaire. Did you know Bridgestone developed a tire using 75% recycled and renewable materials? Making a difference today for future generations. That's what really matters. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program. The world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. If you travel, you know how to pull off a perfect getaway. You know after you enroll with your Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card, you get up to $10 back monthly on U.S. rideshare purchases with select providers, like a car to the airport. You know which remote retreats have the best herbal baths. And where the Wi-Fi password is rarely used. Because you're the escape artist. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Terms apply. Purchases must be on card. Visit go.mx slash you know. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. 
Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. That takes care of the offense and special teams, which leads us to the other side of the ball, ladies and gentlemen. And let's go from the back of the defense forward, because why not? So when I'm looking at this, let's start with the cornerbacks. Cornerbacks, very easy to figure out. Your starters, at least at the beginning of this season, you're going to have Xavier Howard, and you're going to have Cater Kahu, most likely. Jalen Ramsey is on IR for the first four weeks, and now you have uh, behind those two, Eli Apple, Justin Bethel, Kelvin Joseph, recently traded to the Miami Dolphins, Kelvin Joseph, for Noah Igbenogany. So the Noah Igbenogany story in Miami is now closed, at least this chapter. He moves on. Kelvin Joseph is probably more of a special teamer than anything, uh, but technically is a cornerback. So he's on this list. And then Perry Nickerson was signed back after initially being cut. Um, very similar to Tyler Croft on the tight end side. He is uh, on the cornerback side. And uh, the rookie, Cam Smith. So Cam Smith had an up and down camp, did not look good in that last preseason game, but they are looking for Cam Smith to do more than uh, than just sit on the sidelines like Noah Igbenogany. They are going to be relying on him. So when I look at this group, of course, Xavier Howard is uh, is is going to be the top piece, at least until Jalen Ramsey comes back. Cater uh, Kohu continues to shine as an undrafted free agent from last year now into his second season. Uh, it's really going to rely on folks like Eli Apple, Justin Bethel, uh, Perry Nickerson, Cam Smith, um, Elijah Campbell's another one in there. Uh, how is the depth when these wide receivers on the other side go three, four wide when they get into those uh, five receiver sets? How are we going to cover them? Do we have the personnel to do it? Are they going to uh, take to the Vic Fangio scheme of that shell over the top? Um, that's to be determined. And I think we're going to get a very good test week one against the Los Angeles Chargers and all those fast and big wide receivers that Justin Herbert has to throw to. And of course, oh yeah, Austin Eckler out of the backfield. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how they perform given um, the injuries that we've already seen, the new scheme that we have when it comes to Vic Fangio taking over and uh, what help, if any, they're going to get from the defensive front, which we'll talk about in just a second. But uh, I've only talked about the cornerbacks at this point. I do need to talk about the safeties because we have some issues there as well. Javon Holland is entrenched as the starter, but around him, you have Deshaun Elliott, Brandon Jones, and Verone McKinley III, which originally Verone McKinley was talked about being cut and then possibly one of those guys that's going to come back after the the, the start of the, the, the season when 53-man rosters had to be put in. Uh, ultimately, they pulled that back and kept him on the roster. Verone McKinley, to me, is a guy that's going to do very big things in this defense. Uh, he just needs some time. I hope the Miami Dolphins are patient with him, uh, but it seems like it might be a little bit of an open competition next to Javon Holland right now, which scares me a little bit. I mean, I, I would like to see that Brandon Jones or Deshaun Elliott, who they signed in the offseason, really take control and be that other starter, but if they're not quite there yet, then game on. Uh, we can mix and match and figure out who is the best fit next to Javon Holland in this Vic Fangio defense. And uh, again, I think we're going to find out real quick what we have against a very pass-happy team in the Los Angeles Chargers. So there you have it. You have your your defensive backs, your cornerbacks, and your safeties. Uh, let's move up one here a little bit, shall we? Let's look at our linebackers because this is a much maligned group. If you look at the technical linebackers on this team. You have Jerome Baker, Bradley Chubb, David Long Jr., Jordan Phillips, Duke Riley, Channing Tindall, and Andrew Van Ginkle. Now, on paper, you go, man, that's a pretty 
good team. Now, when you look at it that way, yes, you do. But Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips are essentially outside linebacker slash defensive end slash edge. That's what they're really going to be playing. I mean, we're paying Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb to hit the other quarterback uh, from the other team very, very hard, knock him down and possibly fart a little bit of poo juice into his white, hopefully white uh, football pants at that point. So I don't look at them as traditional linebackers as much as I do glorified defensive ends slash edges. The, the challenge is on the inside. You know, what do we really have with David Long, Jerome Baker, and Andrew Van Ginkle? Um, Andrew Van Ginkle has been solid for us, but we're asking him to play a different position. Jerome Baker has been up and down in his career. And of course, David Long was kind of our prize signing in terms of free agency. Because remember, Jalen Ramsey was a trade, but he's not that consistent. At least I haven't seen that consistency during preseason and camp. And he is oft injured, um, very much like a Raheem Mostert for the defense. Very talented. When he's on the field, he makes plays. But when he's not, um, it's because he's injured. Uh, then you have Channing Tindall, who really didn't do much, who uh, seems like maybe he was the weak link for that Georgia defense way back when, because uh, this is his second season. He really didn't see the field as a rookie last year. He didn't do too much. Duke Riley, I think, is a good depth player, somebody who uh, really com- contributes to special teams and in a pinch can do something out on the field, but, uh, you know, not the biggest guy in the world, uh, 227 pounds, six, one, you know, he's a guy I think that's going to struggle, uh, holding his own against the run or against, uh, if, if a body gets on him. So we'll see what the interior of that linebacking core can do, but the exterior is very, very good. I mean, Bradley Chubb and Jordan Phillips are uh, going to be a dynamic duo, the likes that we haven't seen in quite some time. I'm really looking forward to seeing what they're going to do. Uh, Jalen Phillips looks like a monster right now. Uh, physically, he looks like he's putting his uh, all the pieces together. Bradley Chubb is uh, still in his prime, knows exactly what to do in a Vic Fangio defense, and I really do think that those guys are going to uh, wreak havoc on opposing offenses all season long. So I'm looking forward to seeing what that does and what that uh, is going to look like. Um It wouldn't surprise me if the Miami Dolphins were to make a trade in season uh, or to sign somebody in season uh, to help shore up the linebacking core. Um, I I don't see a lot of depth. I think the starters are good, but I, I could see somebody who can come in and almost act like a swing tackle for the linebackers, right? Somebody who can maybe go inside or outside play on uh, all over the field. It would be interesting to see uh, and track that and see what happens. Because I don't know that um, I don't know if they're 100% in love with the interior linebacking depth. Uh, maybe the starters, but the depth maybe leaves something to be desired. So keep an eye on that. That's my official prediction that something possibly could happen perhaps one day. Maybe. Uh, moving to the front, I think this is the strength of the Miami Dolphins defense. Again, not a lot of surprises here. Um, other than maybe uh, Deshaun Hand, I mean, we signed him to a two-year contract and then like three weeks later say, no, thank you. Uh, Christian Wilkins is still here. He's under contract. Uh, they are tabling long-term contract extensions until after the season, which makes all the sense in the world because the Miami Dolphins can still franchise him if they need to. Um, he had a hold in, but came out the day that the rosters were announced and said he's going to be playing. He wants to be a Miami Dolphins. He doesn't really want to be anywhere else. Hopefully this can get done. Cooler heads can prevail and both sides can uh, sign on the dotted line and keep Christian Wilkins and his energy and his heart in the Miami Dolphins organization for many, many years to come. Um, but his running mate, his partner in crime, Zach Sealer, did get the bag. He was signed. He was another guy that was out there. As my co-host Chris Cullen said, this is, might be the guy you want to sign first between him, Christian Wilkins and Connor Williams. Turns out he was right. Thank God he's not here. 
But Zach Sealer signs with the Miami Dolphins. He's going to be here for a few more years. Him and Christian Wilkins in the middle. It's night and day what this defense can do against the run. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Zach Sealer and Christian Wilkins all season long stuff the middle and allow for our outside linebackers, wink, wink, Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips uh, on obvious passing downs to pin their ears back and go after the quarterback. Uh, Brandon Peely, undrafted free agent. He makes the team as well as a defensive tackle. And of course, we have Rashard Lawrence. He's now on the team as well. Um, and our only defensive end, so to speak, if, at least in title, Emmanuel Ogba is here. Uh, the much maligned guy two years ago, couldn't be stopped. Um, had some injuries, maybe isn't the greatest fit in a Vic Fangio system. Um, constantly rumors around him being traded, but he's still here. The big man's still here. Comes from a winning pedigree. Uh, has done nothing but good things for the Miami Dolphins since he's been here. So uh, I don't know why you wouldn't root for the guy, uh, but Emmanuel Ogba is here as well. And that is your defense, ladies and gentlemen. You've got the defensive line, the defensive tackles extraordinaire. You've got your outside linebackers and defensive end and Emmanuel Ogba. You've got some good starters, or at least in paper or on paper, uh, in the middle of that linebacking core. And then, of course, your defensive backs and backfield. So looking at this team, I think it's well-constructed. I think it's well-balanced. Uh, if there's room for improvement, I don't know if I fully trust the tight end position at this point. Could very well be just extra blockers um, early in the season. I don't know if we're going to get a lot of pass protection, or I'm sorry, pass production uh, out of Durham Smythe, Tyler Croft, and, of course, um, Julian Hill. But I am excited to see what Julian Hill can do out on the field because uh, now that the real bullets are flying, we'll see how the undrafted free agent does. Speaking of which, we did cut a couple of draft picks. Ryan Hayes, uh, seventh rounder, he was cut, as well as uh, Elijah Higgins, who was uh, cut and then picked up by the Arizona Cardinals. He was a sixth round pick, if I'm not uh, mistaken, which means we only kept two of our draft picks from the 2023 draft, and yet we had three undrafted free agents stay on. So uh, kudos to the deep scouting of Chris Greer and his scouting department, but also shame on you because uh, the draft picks weren't good enough to stay on the team. huh? I don't know about that one, but uh, there it is, ladies and gentlemen, the 53-man roster for the Miami Dolphins. Is it good enough? Is it good enough? Is it good enough? We've got early, te early tests. You've got uh, a West Coast trip to the Chargers week one. And then, of course, you've got the Patriots, and uh, it doesn't get much easier from there, at least not until maybe October. So we'll see how this team does. This is the initial roster. It doesn't mean it will be the uh, roster at the end of the season when they're holding up the Lombardi trophy. So uh, we'll see how it progresses over the season. But uh, one last thing to talk about. And one of my producers, Eric Weinberger, uh, told me I should talk about this on the podcast. And uh, I'm going to listen to him. But uh, there was a recent report that Joe Montana had mentioned that uh, he does not think Tom Brady is the greatest of all time or the best of all time. And in fact, he gave those flowers, so to speak, over to Dan Marino and basically talked about what Dan Marino did during his era is absolutely incredible. And if you took Dan Marino out of the 80s and 90s and dropped him into today's game, the numbers that he would put up, given the rules that are in place now, would be otherworldly. Nobody would touch him. Nobody would even consider talking about anybody other than Dan Marino being the best of all time, a little bit different than greatest of all time. And uh, I told the story on, uh, on Twitter about uh, when I was a kid living in uh, the San Francisco Bay area, my mother was a huge 49ers fan and she took me to uh, an appearance of Joe Montana. And I got to meet Joe Montana, who is a legend, a bona fide legend in sports, but here in Northern California, 
uh, he's royalty. I mean, he's just, he's, he's probably him, Steph Curry, uh, that, that might be it. Those might be the top two guys in terms of sports icons in the Bay area, Steph Curry, Joe Montana. And I would maintain Joe Montana's probably ahead of Steph Curry, uh, on that list uh, of two, but uh, good company. Nonetheless, anyway, I, I, I get up and I meet Joe Montana and I'm not wearing any dolphin stuff. I'm not wearing anything other than regular clothes. And Joe Montana says to me uh, something to the effect of, hey, who's your favorite player? And I'm assuming he assumed that I was going to say Joe Montana because I was in the presence of him and the greatness that is Joe Montana. Um, but I shot my shot, as the kids like to say, and I looked him right in the eye and I said, Dan Marino. And my mom, who was off to the side, looked like she was going to drop kick me in the throat. Um, but Joe Montana being Joe Montana kind of chuckled a little bit, gave me a smile and leaned into me and said, me too. Uh, he's a Damarino fan as well. So I uh, just wanted to share that story because as Miami Dolphins fans, we get accused of being biased about Dan Marino. And of course the knock is he didn't win any rings, but when arguably the greatest of all time, the goat Joe Montana, who has four rings tells you that Dan Marino is the boat, the best of all time. I think that is a good distinction, and that's why Joe Montana is Joe Montana, because I think there is a difference between the greatest of all time and the best of all time. And I'll tell you what my thoughts are. I think the greatest of all time does factor in stats, does factor in championships, does factor in individual and team success when it comes to what happened on the field. So if that is true, then Dan Marino can't be the greatest of all time because he doesn't have any Super Bowl rings. He doesn't have those championships. He does have the individual success, but he didn't have that team success that would necessitate being the greatest of all time. But I like the distinction of best of all time, because to me, the difference between greatest and best is best means that you had the best skills, that you were the most talented, the, you were the top tier of what you did, in this case, being a quarterback. And I do believe that Dan Marino's skills, his quick release, his ability to read a defense, his ability to get that ball out, the zip on that ball, he was the best of all time. So it takes the stats out. It's just pure athletic and quarterback ability. And by that and that notion, I do believe Dan Marino is the boat, the best of all time. And I do believe that Joe Montana, as much as I hate to say it, being a Niner hater, is probably the greatest of all time. And I'll make that argument against Tom Brady, because Joe Montana never lost in the Super Bowl. Tom Brady did. Tom Brady had more opportunities, but he lost. Joe Montana did not. Therefore, Joe Montana, greatest of all time, Dan Marino, best of all time, goat in a boat. And with that, speaking of time, I believe I am out of time. Uh, so I want to bid adieu to everybody out there. All the citizens of Perfectville, Chris Cohen will be joining us again before too long. Uh, and just as a reminder, we are part of the Believe Network, presented by betonline.ag. And with nothing else left to say, and if you are watching this, you'll see behind me, I got my championship belt from Fantasy Football. We are starting up the okayest fantasy league ever once again. We'll have some updates on that before too long. But with nothing else left to say, the only thing to say is goodbye from Perfect Bill. Later. My son had a gift with technology. 
with reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program. The world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project UP, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. At Audi, expectations matter. It's why what's standard on every Audi SUV are features that exceed yours. How we get there matters. The Audi family of SUVs. Progress you can feel. If you travel, you know when it comes to love. See you soon. Can't wait. The sky is no limit. You know with your Delta Amex card, being oceans apart means meeting in Aruba. And booking a war travel with your card means saving 15% on Delta flights. You know kissing under the bridge of size guarantees eternal love. Because you're the long-distance lovebirds. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Takeoff 15 discount not applicable to partner-operated flights or taxes and fees. Terms apply. Visit go.amex slash you know. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.